Hey, Pete. Hey, man. You ever have a gremlin in your computer system? Uh, I think I hear one right now. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Uh, Daily jazz advice, some questionable uh, dates about movies. Is that questionable? I believe it's 84. Yeah. Let me check that. Gremlins movie. Yes, 1984. You're correct. Bam. Well, I was was just barely a teenager, a 13-year-old then, so that's probably why I wasn't really paying much attention. I was a young child scared out of his mind. (laughs) I was laughing at, at those little, monsters. I was laughing at little kids in the theater that yeah. were that it was were terrifying. scared. <laughs> Bad dreams, nightmares, all that stuff. Do you remember uh, when they compared uh, Miles Davis to a gremlin on Saturday Night Live right around oh that time? Gosh. That was horrible. <laughs> it's all coming together because today's episode. Well, first of all, today's episode is sponsored by SoundSlice. Yes, uh, amazing uh, browser-based software that. Uh, syncs up music notation with videos. It's a perfect way to transcribe. We talk about listening, transcribing here on this podcast yeah. every day almost. We use SoundSlice to do it. We use SoundSlice here at Open Studio for all of our courses. Yeah. Uh, Adrian and his team, they're, they're musicians, first of all. They know what they're doing. Yes. And uh, it's just an amazing resource. It's amazing magical. Yeah. We, we don't use the term magical a lot around here, except when you have been known to bring your magic kit. Uh, then we do say that's magical. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I was a magician instead of a musician. Well, SoundSlice is truly magical what it does. Just go check it out, SoundSlice.com. Check out their community. A lot of exciting things over there. Um, I think that you guys are going to love it just like we do. That's right. Uh, so today we're talking about Miles. Uh, I don't think he looks like a gremlin. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I said SNL said that he did. But uh, here's a question from Theory. Hey, guys. This is a Theory from, from Sweden again. I hope you're doing fine. I'm doing great. Um, my question is, um, or I can start like this. I have phases with uh, musicians or pianists where I really dig deep into their music. So, for example, two months ago, I didn't know who Keith Jarrett um, is. And now, all of a sudden, he's my favorite favorite musician. Uh, and, um, you know... Uh, now I'm trying to, I'm finally trying to uh, dig into Miles Davis because uh, with every pianist and musician that I encountered, he was a common denominator, a uh, common influencer. Um, but my question is, and no disrespect, I'm genu- genuinely wondering, uh, can you talk a little bit about why Miles was, uh, was so great and is looked um, up on in the jazz community. Why? Why is that? Um, and what can I take out of listening from listening to him? Um, what can I listen to? And uh, yeah, what 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 is your opinion? What are your opinions on guys? Right. Um, uh, thanks, Theory, for the yeah. question. Good thanks. Question for yeah. sure. Yeah, great question. Um, first of all, that now I finally know how. Theory is I, I thought that was a French name, maybe it is Swedish. Swedish is it from Sweden? Yeah, yeah. But there was like that great soccer player, footballer from Thierry France, Henry. Thierry, Thierry Henry, right? Yeah, way, like way, way, way. That's what I thought it was, but now I know it's theory. So, um, yeah. good. Well, so he's talking about going in in different phases of going deep of checking out uh, certain artists, which we've done. 
uh, a lot ourselves, and we actually do the opposite here. We go shallow, ten minutes a day, <laughs> but that's okay. No, but um, you know what they say about going about going through phases. Phases leads to phrases. I no, did, it didn't. Well, it could thing. be. A, it could a be thing. a thing. <laughs> it could be. Wait, Alexis, is Peter off his game today? <laughs> <laughs> also, snitches dig ditches. Don't okay. forget about that. Uh, okay, now that anyway. sounds threatening. <laughs> um, so, but you know, to to the heart of theory's question is what makes miles davis so great i think it's something that we can address um, yeah for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, have you been, th- been thinking about legacies of some of these musicians and artists uh from different eras you know miles in his personal life would not be okay today no no no, no. he's yeah. not he's not set up for today's uh today's social climate but he was actually quite a social uh innovator i think as well as musical Absolutely. i think that's probably the first thing to think about his impact uh, just on kind of entertainment, you know, his his interviews. Uh, I know there was that interview, I think it was in either Esquire or Playboy magazine that was very uh, very insightful and controversial and, and much talked about. I mean, he was a master of marketing and publicity. Sure. And, but there was always that foundation of music, which is what we'll probably talk about mostly yeah. um, here today. But I think, you know, in terms of what made him so great, you, you, we can kind of look at the the sort of, I guess, micro level first of just him as a player, mm-hmm. as a trumpeter. And I think, you know, things to, 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 to listen for and to check out is his phrasing, his sound, mm-hmm. his individuality, his voice, um, his phrasing, like how consistent he was in terms of, um, you know, as he moved through different styles and periods of his own career and also as music you know jazz music and popular music was evolving very quickly how he kept up and always kept that that vision of his own voice within the music i think so well and that's something that you know a lot of trumpet players i mean you you talk about other kind of iconic trumpet players they're definitely known for that saxophone players singers Mm -hmm. uh and then maybe pianists and stuff as well but but he really set the stage, I think, for a horn player to have a voice, to be consistent with it, a beautiful voice, a beautiful sound, beautiful phrasing, um, and then just economy of, of motion in terms of the music. He was such a master of um, saying just enough but not too much, getting busy when it was appropriate, um, laying back when it was, you know, being, being going for something. Taking some chances. Vulnerability. Vulnerability, absolutely. So um, those are a few things. These are a few of my favorite things. Yeah, I mean, for me, the thing that stands out when I think Miles, the first thing that stands out is his artistic voice and how strong that was and how strong it developed over the years. I mean, when mm-hmm. you listen to him playing you know, bebop with Charlie Parker or Birth of the Cool of that era or whatever, yeah. he's playing a lot more notes than we usually think. Like, like people say, oh, Miles didn't play a lot, but in that era, he did play a lot. He did. You know, and he could play a lot, and he had an amazingly rich sound yep. and was very um, agile on the trumpet and, and really had something to say from an early age. But what I think sets him apart as an artist is, is that artistic voice that he was just constantly striving to refine and was never satisfied and was never resting on what he had done i mean yeah. the guy made kind of blue you could just kind of pack it in after that right and say like okay, i'm not gonna Mic do drop anything else and i'm out but then the second great quintet happens yeah and even that you could have been like okay well i played with charlie parker i made birth of the cool then i did all that stuff in the mid 50s and late 50s kind of blue uh the second great quintet i can just stop there and then he went into the you know in a silent way bitches brew era yeah changing again not being satisfied and even going against some of the people who loved him yeah you know musicians who loved him and and critics who loved him 
to fulfill his own you know artistic voice and then again in the 80s when he changed again and really <laughs> somewhat invented what is now smooth jazz i mean it's like he's yeah. a huge pioneer in all of these kinds of music uh yeah. in each decade of jazz's evolution up until the time he died and that's really what his legacy is i think you know it's i was thinking about a, a word you said earlier vulnerability and i've heard that um attributed to well you know to his playing his kind of style his musical uh, attitude that that came through in his music, and I think that that's spot on. And the other thing that to me goes along with that is uncompromising. Yeah, he had a vulnerability, and he had an uncompromising nature in terms of the way he improvised. Certainly, the way he put his bands together, probably, and 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 structured the music, but just in terms of the way he soloed. And so, what that kind of brought out was this great, um, you know, edge. And you know, he didn't play perfectly. Maybe towards the beginning of his career when he was, you know, playing with Certainly. Charlie Parker and trying to play in a certain way, but you already heard his sound. But once he hit kind of, you know, you know, still relatively young, certainly in his thirties, yeah, early thirties yeah. and on, man, he was he was he let that vulnerability and then he didn't compromise his artistic integrity, but that didn't mean he wasn't going for stuff. He was. Yeah. So he had this ability to make it just as thrilling when he would miss as when, as when he would make and try to go for something again. He never played it safe, you yeah. know. He didn't play it safe. He let he was uncompromising in his artistic vision. Absolutely. At least that's the way it sounds, you know. And that that takes an amazing amount of courage. Courage. I mean, think yeah. about that. Think about how how much bravery it takes to not be compromised in your artistic vision, even when people don't like what you're going to do. Right. And right. You right. know that, and you're just like, well, this is what's hot. This is what I think is happening, yeah. and I'm doing it because I I believe in me. You know. Yeah. That takes so much uh, inner strength and confidence. It's really amazing, and. We've heard, I mean, in Herbie's uh, autobiography, he talks about how that was an inspiration for him, that he learned that from Miles, this uncompromising uh, attitude of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to let my voice ring out no matter what. This yeah. is what I think. I mean, when you can mix those two things together, that vulnerability, that willing to take, willingness to take risks, and then your courage to stick with that conviction and and not compromise artistically that's a dangerous combination that's right and it's a risky combination it is because you could yeah. very well fla- fall on your face and not be able to make a living and all this stuff and it's but, a bouillabaisse of risk and artistic flair that's uh quite nice when sauteed up correctly well when, yeah exactly <laughs> when it comes together with the right artist it's like this magical thing happens and and i think miles is he's not just one of those people he's the epitome of that yeah um so i think the other side you know in terms of uh you know what to li- to to take from. I think you mentioned. You know, he was asking about what to take from doing a deep dive on um, Miles Davis and what to listen for. I think as much you know, we're talking about his playing now. The 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 whole other thing that I think he's known for and is such a, a force was such a force in it is is his leadership of bands and music and mm-hmm. and albums and kind of projects. Mm-hmm. So something beyond just the trumpet and like his ability to put the right combinations of players together put them in a place of success, let them do their own thing, say the right thing, which often was very little, but from what you hear from, you know, Chick Corea and Keith Jarrett, and I'm talking about the piano players, Herbie Hancock, yeah, yeah. but Ron Carter to Tony Williams, uh, Wayne Shorter, all the different stories you hear about how he wouldn't say a lot, but he'd say something sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But his ability to, you know, craft these advanced musical situations that really flourished, uh, you know, on their own as bands and as projects, but then kind of where it sprouted out and where the roots of this whole modern 
jazz music for all these other musicians to go on and do the same thing. I mean, he taught these young players how to be great leaders Absolutely. in the music, you know. When you talk about, like, Shirley Horn talks about all she learned from, like, opening up for Miles at the Vanguard in the 60s and stuff. So, like, his... Um, and, and and Miles was not afraid to take either. I mean, he was took from Ahmad Jamal and, oh, yeah. and put that and put that through his filter with his bands and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I mean, he really had an outsized influence, I think, on the music beyond just trumpet players. We're talking about Keith Jarrett has referenced him as someone who's influenced his artistic yeah. goals as a leader. Yeah. You know, John McLaughlin and and I mean, even John those, Schofield, John Schofield, like all those late band members. Yeah. Even. Brand for Marsalis, Kenny Garrett. I mean, Garrett. Kenny, I mean, yeah. all these people that played with Miles, even in the later period. Miles is still shaping jazz in that sense. Yeah. That these guys are now shaping jazz. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's really something. For for playing wise, for me, man, I like to go back to the prestige records, mm. uh, the the cooking, relaxing, you know, all that stuff. Um that he was trying to get out of the contract on. Chilling, maxing, relaxing, cooking. <laughs> Feeling all cool, <laughs> playing some jazz down by the pool. Uh but he was uh you know, they're playing standards and his playing on that is so precise. Yeah and lyrical and and the improvisation like you know those are great places to start your transcription journey theory if you're thinking about transcribing some miles because they're easy to hear you probably know the tunes if you know any standards you could find something and then you get an idea of the kind of melodic economy miles improvised with right yeah i think that that's that's great i think too just the last thing to mention um, I was just kind of hearing those prestige records, the sound of them. Yeah. He was, you know, a real innovator and, and paid a lot of t- attention to detail about making albums. Yep. You know, I mean, he came from a time when that was important. And I think just in terms of how the trumpet sounded, I mean, he was always, you know, teaming up with great producers and engineers. And But he really cared about how the whole sound of everything. I mean, like, you can hear on some of those outtakes when he's instructing different, you know, play block chords or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. He, he was trying to get a whole sound. And I think it was the aesthetic of that period of of, an, of a great jazz album. We we owe so much to Miles with his whole aesthetic. And then also like his fashion aesthetic yeah, of in terms course. of how it's connected with jazz. He he kind of had, I mean, you know, in our time, I always think of Roy Hargrove, not just because he's a trumpeter, but because Roy really cared about the entire aesthetic of the music, how it looked on stage. Yeah, absolutely. How it sounded on recordings and all that. That's so great, man. Yeah. Well, thank you, Theory, for the question. Uh, enjoy your, your deep dive into Miles for the first time. I'm envious of you because I wish I could listen to some of the oh, music. Oh, you can dive back get, get back in the pool, man. You can't hear for the first time again, though, Pete, That's unfortunately. You know true. what I mean? There's, uh, there's some good moments about yeah. to happen for you, Theory. So thank you for that. You can go to youllhearit.com if you want to leave us a speak pipe. We love your questions. We do. So get them in. Get them in. Go to youllhearit.com. Leave us a speak pipe. Oh, you just said that. Okay, I'm I saying did. it again, man. Say it twice because it sounds so nice. And check out SoundSlice. Go to SoundSlice.com. We're going to leave a link in here for uh, a link to our, uh, we have our theme for this podcast, Transcribed in SoundSlice. You can watch it, go by, you can mess around with it, you can loop it, you can see what Peter Martin's playing. Go check that out, SoundSlice.com. Right. And now our big um, promotion from last week is unfortunately over. It is. Yeah. But we've got a new one coming later this week, so we're not quite ready to announce it yet. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know anything. You don't know anything. That's okay. No. But tomorrow you're going to know. And until then, you'll hear it.